This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, Happy New Year if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. And um, I have so many things to tell you today. A lot of it... Uh, it will frankly be off the cuff. It's uh, I'm going to tell you, kind of continue the conversation that I was having with Meredith Smith, but obviously without her, and about living a Neptunian life and offering you some ideas and strategies and tips to working with when consciousness is altered, in this case, non-chemically, but uh, understanding how do you live in two worlds, how to bridge two worlds. And I think this is a one of the primary long-term invitations that got stirred up during the ramp up to the end of the Mayan calendar, knowing ourselves as energetic beings, understanding who we really are. We're not just bodies that happen to have these clever brains. We're not just brains with these pesky, you know, maintenance needing bodies, but we're energetic beings. We're conscious beings. And so, uh, today's, um, uh, diatribe for you, my my little soapbox time for you, Uh, will give you some insight into a couple of different experiences of mine separated by over a dozen years. Uh, The first uh, kind of a weird Neptunian experience that I'll describe, and I was not uh, in any way doing this kind of work. I was not, I would say I was not grounded, was certainly not centered and conscious and not able to manage it and come out of it cleanly. It was a very interesting kind of, um, kind of a psychedelic experience, honestly, with, with, with I was watching a movie. I'll explain it. And then uh, the second one happened last week, actually, and was the, the return of a, of a past life fragment that had been uh, – like a soul fragment that had been uh, gone. So anyway, so we're going to do that today. Um, I do want to give you some announcements. Um, I published an article on my site called A New Year's Guide for Energetic Beings to give you a head start on uh, transitioning into your future. Now that nothing – it's clear that nothing terrible – and uh, life-altering and uh, style-cramping uh, occurred at the end of December of 2012. Now what? So that article, it's eight or nine pages long, a free PDF on my site, tdjacobs.com. And uh, I just go into what the invitation of 2012 is about and what you can do about it now. So I also discuss grounding, uh, meditation, and uh, clearing your field and give you tips and tricks in that, as well as talking about uh, altering a relationship with history. So the end of a year uh, brings up the idea of a new year, this idea of hope, but we have to process history in a certain way. So I give you some in- insights into that. I encourage everyone to read that, even if you're hearing this long after uh, you know January 3rd, uh, 2013, because uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a brand new world for a lot of people. And now what's next? Well. Continuing to develop your awareness of yourself as an energetic being is uh, primary as far as uh, from where I'm sitting. The next uh, full moon call with Ascended Master Jehudi, where I will uh, channel him for you and uh, do energy work for you and get grounded, uh, help you get grounded and clear out energies that don't belong to you. That's for the uh, Leo full moon. That's January 26th, Saturday, January 26th. 
The next Energy is Money is Energy course uh, also begins that day, but the class commitments are February 2nd and 9th, so keep that in mind. That's an extremely interesting uh, way to explore the relationship between money and love. Money issues equal love issues, but the way that we do it in the course, I, I – um, offer you some channeled uh, teachings from Jehudi, and then I explain to you and use your chart to go into that. That's for a limited group for five people. Go to tdjacobs.com to get all the information about that. And um, then I'm doing something special, which I haven't done in almost three years, and it's an intuitive skills development course. So if you're listening to this show for the last few months, if you're following my blog or aware of what I do or you had uh, readings with me, you know that I bridge worlds and uh, do a lot of psychic stuff. And this intuitive skills development course is the first time in three years you can learn that with me outside individual uh, ongoing coaching uh, sessions. So that begins Sunday, February 3rd for eight weeks. And I strongly encourage you, if you want to learn how to manage multidimensionality a little better – Heal the past, get present, this course is for you. And I'll give you a little hint. At the end of the New Year's Guide uh, article I mentioned is an info on how to get 10% off the Intuitive Skills Development course. So go to tgjacobs.com and read that. And then, you know, I, I think I fail on a regular basis to mention that I've self-published 12 books that are available on Amazon, Kindle, and through my site. So I'm just putting your attention, Astrology, Mythology, and Spirituality – uh, kind of a broad range of topics, including you know all the interesting uh, uh, multi-dimensional, multi-disciplinary uh, things that I do. So uh, now we're going to transition. Oh, oh, by the way, I will take uh, caller questions uh, after the first break of the show. The number is eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two. So you probably have you know maybe twelve thirteen minutes before before that opportunity becomes available. If you want to call in and wait on hold to make sure that you can get in, that's fine. It can be about what I'm talking about, or it can just be about your life, using your chart, whatever, whatever works. So, um, you know, this adventures in consciousness. Not everybody who's hearing this is going to have uh, the extreme experiences that that I've had over the years. But in the beginning, uh, it started with non-extreme experiences, and I, I took invitations. I followed paths of breadcrumbs and i took uh, invitations to you know uh take metaphorical colored pills and step down into rabbit holes and i i took those invitations and and so now the uh the kind of culmination of that is that now i'm teaching other people how to develop their own intuitive skills how to you know bridge uh, dimensions and live multidimensionally heal past life issues get grounded and uh and really expand consciousness while raising it while staying in the body Kind of, it's kind of magical when you really look at it that way. But I wasn't always doing this, and I wasn't always having all these skills and tools. And, and I had one particular experience. I think it was 1998. could have been 99. And um, I, I wrote a creative piece about it. You can go to tjacobs.com forward slash soul, S-O-U-L dot H-T-M-L, and I, I put a link to it. It's about, I don't know, under five and a half minutes. It's called a Chronology, Peter Greenaway's The Falls. The movie is called The Falls. And it follows 92 people whose last names begin with F-A-L-L. And uh, it's a, kind of an arty piece, I want to say, from 1980, around 1980. And um, it's, I don't know, three hours and 15 minutes. It's quite a, quite a long movie. And it chronicles these uh, experiences of these 92 characters. And I went to this um, I went to this film at the Harvard Film Archive when I lived in Cambridge uh, with, a, with a dear friend of mine. Uh, I just saw it on the calendar and had to go. 
And uh, in in the the in the picture, like in the movie, I had a, a strange energetic experience. I felt uncomfortable. I felt a ball of energy in my chest. I felt really. Um, I didn't know what was happening. I was watching this movie. Now, at the time, I perceived that it was this um, persistent series of uh, bird images. Now, I love birds. Birds are great. But the repetitive, uh, you know, every shot had a bird or an object with a bird photo on it. So talking to a person sitting at a desk and there's a paperweight that's got like a ceramic bird in it. Or in the next shot, there's an Audubon book on the coffee table. And it's just like these subtle these subtle cues that you might just notice, but for some reason it triggered my Mercury-Neptune brain. And it really, it did, I wouldn't say it freaked me out or scared me. I just had a feeling I didn't know what to do with. And I ended up um, about halfway through um, uh, going out to the, uh, to, the, go, to, go to the restroom to just try to figure out what's happening. And then um, I went outside for fresh air. And I, I went upstairs because uh, the, the the theater at the Loeb Center is down in the basement at the Harvard Film Archive. So so I went up to street level. I mean, my friend's still in the theater. She doesn't you know she doesn't know where I am. And there's a person in there who had been in the film who left who's smoking a cigarette. And I I try to talk to her, but I'm actually screaming now. I'm just trying to speak, but all of this energy is in me. This giant, fantastically large, absurdly huge ball of energy trying to burst out of me. So when I opened my mouth to speak, I was practically screaming. Not like a bloody murder, but just the words that I was using were so incredibly loud and large. And that's, that was very scary. So I was trying to explain to her, this random stranger smoking a cigarette out on the street, what was happening, what I was feeling. And I kept having to clamp my hand over my mouth because I was so self-conscious. I mean, it was so weird. It was, it was scary and freaky and I felt really disoriented and I felt drugged, you know, which is something that, you know, various kinds of Neptune experiences, whether they involve drugs or not, can leave you feeling altered. And, and it was very scary. Eventually my, my friend came out and was as perplexed at me as I was, but you know, I didn't have perspective. She, I think, I don't know. I don't know if we really talked about it afterwards, but she, um, Definitely thought something was wrong and weird, and I. She had to lead me by the hand across the street to her car to take me home because I was unable to to do that on my own. It was just this huge ball of energy that I felt like I needed to uh, explain, but I couldn't. And this was, you know, just astrologically, this was the uh, I don't know, probably towards the end of uh, transiting Pluto and Sagittarius uh, on my Neptune and Mercury. So it was kind of this, some intense experience was called for to do, you know, to have something explode from that Mercury Neptune. And, and it was one thing. So I actually wrote this creative piece called Chronology, and you can uh, hear it at the site. It, it kind of describes uh, more the feeling of, and uh, in a little more creative language, too. Um, but this, this feeling of being altered and not being able to come out of it. Now, since that experience, I would describe that kind of experience as, or the feeling that I had at that time as being completely out of control and out of my mind, as though I had in one way lost my mind. I'd lost the ability to, you know, manage the moment and be present and, and, and move energy. And I just lost the ability to be myself. I was just this ball of energy that was shouting every time he opened, you know, inappropriate volume every time he opened his mouth. But, but I had a craving, a deep need to verbalize what was happening, which is kind of classic 
Pluto transiting your Mercury-Neptune conjunction if you have one. And um, Pluto at the edge of the third, actually, too, at that point, because my Mercury is right on the, you know, before the cusp of the third house. I guess you don't know that, but now you do. And um, so uh, I don't remember what happened later that night. I don't remember getting home. I don't remember the next day and waking up and feeling normal. I just, I don't remember. I just remember that feeling. And I, I still remember it viscerally, you know. And um, so since then, I've thought about this movie and I thought, you know, I'm sure that I could now watch it without freaking out. So I had told my girlfriend about it uh, several times and told her there was this piece. I'm sure I, I read the the, the, the poem or, or creative piece for her uh, once or twice. And, uh, and so, so we, we talked about it and, and she said, Hey, let's, um, let's check that out. So we, we found out where it was. It was on this, this site to go rent or whatever. So we, we watched it and we started watching it. And she said to me, you know, the noise is driving me crazy. And I said, what do you mean? Cause I'm noticing the bird imagery, but, <laughs> you know, just, but I'm, I'm really chill. You know, this, this, uh, vase on the desk with the bird, the, um, bird poster, bird calendar, photos of birds in every scene, you know, and, and the nice sunset over the lake with the birds flying from uh, right to left. I'm noticing all these things, but it's not bothering me. I'm just noticing it. And she says, it's the noise. Like, they're t- you know, there's, the camera is on this person, but there's somebody typing noisily to the side and we're, supp- and the volume is, you know, mismatched for that. It's imbalanced intentionally to draw your attention away. So I realize now it's not the bird imagery. That's just what I was seeing. It's actually uh, the sounds. It's actually the competing sounds that that took me into that weird space and triggered something energetically for me. So I was able this week to have a piece about that and to watch, I don't know, we watched probably over an hour of it, not even as far as I got to in 1998. And uh, it was fine. I laughed, actually, throughout a lot of it you know, persistent kind of hammering away at these visual cues. And also, there's also a thing that happens to the uh, the characters through this event called the uh, violent unknown event, which is not really described. But the question keeps coming up, are birds responsible? You know, do people think the birds are responsible? I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. It's kind of an art house film, but uh, it's definitely fun to watch. Um, but it wasn't the imagery, um, and it wasn't the nonsense languages that, that the characters – you know, on the other side of this difficult event, ended up speaking. Just they were speaking. Some of them were speaking like French, and it was said to be nonsense, and you know, translated into English. But you know, and others were, um, you know, it was just gobbledygook, and then they were, you know, tra- translating it as, as though it uh, were meaningful. But um, it was the sound. So sound, and think about that. You know, Pluto transiting a Mercury Neptune. Definitely, sound is a uh, sound is a. A definite uh, part of that. Um, so we do have uh, we do have a caller, uh, Wendy. Are you there? Hi, Tom. Hi, Wendy. Let me let me just uh, get your birth date in here. So we have, and I'll tell everybody at home, February fourteenth, uh, nineteen fifty one. Nine oh six a.m. in. Uh, Chicago. Okay, and you're and and what did you uh what was your question today? Well, I'm looking ahead a little bit to my solar mm-hmm. return for the year coming up. Uh, you and I talked not too long ago uh also about you know this Pluto coming up to my midheaven in the next year or so up mm-hmm. right. Now, of course, and, and the Uranus square, but I was kind of curious about my solar return, if you're 
able to take a look and I can do that briefly. Yeah, I can definitely do that briefly. Um, I mean, solar returns kind of sometimes take a little more time, but I can I can give you a, a little overview. You know. Well, I thought, um, I thought it was yeah. kind of visually stunning when I took a look at it. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you'll see what I mean when you pull it up. Um, yeah. But I also think the solar return charts um, are so dependent. Uh, I mean, you have to start with the navel. Sure, sure. Well, I can, yeah, I can build that up for you a little bit. Um, you know, it's all about the sun. Let me just say that you that way. So the aspect, the sun's placement, and the sun's placement relative to the natal chart, you know, like your sun, I think is, is your sun in the, uh, in the 11th in natally? Is that, is that right? It's it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so your sun's at the very end of the 11th, uh, uh, in the return and the, and the conjunctions, there are some conjunctions and let me just kind of scan. Um, and there's a, there are a couple trines and a couple squares too. So I'll just kind of run through them, run through, give you an overview. Um, you know, your natal sun's in the 11th, and the solar return sun is at the very end of the 11th and kind of dragged a little bit into the 12th because of these conjunctions. One conjunction is Nessus. One conjunction is Eros, asteroid 433. Uh, and then the other conjunction is uh, Neptune in Pisces. So, so um, you know... What I would do with if your son were in a different house, I would say that you know your 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 lesson in the the eleventh house is you know what you understand it to be with the looking for the future, planning goals, working with others who want the same kind of future as you. That's kind of the eleventh house deal, but this adds the kind of twelfth house flavor of also surrender and surrender what doesn't work and surrender to the truth and kind of upgrade um, things by shedding the past. Conjunct Nessus. Nessus is about living in two worlds. You, you are a civilized human being. And you are an animal. <laughs> you know, those two things. In the story of Nessus, um, it looks like it's about molestation and rape. It's not. Uh, that's just one way that humans have fumbled through learning about animal instinct and desire. So it's really about living in two worlds. How can you honor instinct but also this like construct of mind that it tends to be labeled your personality? Eros is about creative passion. It's about sexuality, but it's about the the sex. It's about the creative passion that before creativity is differentiated from sexuality. So it's a very lower chakra kind of energy. So creativity, passion, flow. You know, uh, in Aquarius, all this stuff is, you know, to create freedom, to create to create something for yourself like that. Um, and then the Neptune in Pisces firmly in the twelfth, and uh, you know, that's a marker of surrender. So that's a marker of. Shedding the past, getting to know yourself as an energetic being, understanding all of your history, all of your experience as the creation of a divine being, learning often through trial and error, often through not having quite all the facts. And that that kind of surrender process is going to be incredibly important this year. I think that the, the 12th house idea is, is um, you know, the, the kind of the sun in the 11th but edging on the 12th and kind of dragged in there by association or implication. I think that's going to be a huge key for you, especially conjunct the Neptune in the 12th. So Aquarius people have wonderful minds. <laughs> I know – I remember that you do have your north node in Pisces in the 12th and a stellium on it. I just remember that about you. And, um, you know, that this year – you will have you. I would suggest that you'll probably have the opportunity to confront more mind blocks to the twelfth house, and it could be a process of sorting through some interesting things and things like 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 you have two bodies of knowledge essentially. 
mind and then this direct experience of energy and this, the intuitive sense that in you is very strong. I know that about you too. So, um, you know, those two things, this is a year to learn how not to see them as uh, contradictory, but only contradictory seeming. So it's like being active with your mind, but being guided and connected and bridging the worlds as you are active with your mind. It will take a load off your mind, actually. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I do. I've been joking lately about <laughs> you know, just seeing the world through uh, my right brain and letting my left brain take a break. Exactly. Uh, and, and an important advisor, but yes, a break as well. It's an important advisor. We shouldn't. We should never be intuitive at the expense of our brains, but we should learn how to let them work together. I think that's an ideal strategy. So that, that's kind of how we see this. And then, of course, the Aries ascendant with Uranus Moon on it. So breaking free while nurturing yourself. You know, breaking free and being, you know, being outgoing. You know, um, the Capricorn Midheaven, which I guess you have natally as well. We were talking about your Pluto transiting that, and and um, so that kind of echoes some of the themes in your natal chart and. Um, you said yes. you turn up for Chicago. Uh, you must have. Oh, you know what? Uh, by mistake, I did. I mean, I because uh, I didn't expect to be doing soul return, so I wasn't thinking clearly about that. Oh well, my, my, my apologies. So this might not be the right chart, but but the idea of the Sun conjunct Nessus, Eris, and and uh, uh, Neptune is 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 I would I would stick with that and then maybe edit out what I said the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, what it looks like to me is, is Jupiter and Gemini in the first house here. It's uh-huh. um, set for where I am in New York State. I and, see. and I know there's different theories about some people only set them from for the natal birthplace and other people set them for where one is living now. There's not that much difference between Chicago and Rochester. but Right. Well, that's enough. enough. If, uh... Jupiter moves from the second to the first. That's important enough, and also with the rising sign. So I'm um, sorry about that. I wasn't thinking uh, clear. I wasn't expecting to do a solar return, but um, but that idea of the of the sun conjunct those those you know two smaller bodies that are not often um, interpreted. You know that's going to be a key to the year for you. Uh, Eros, Nessus, and then also the Neptune and Pisces. Well, thank you, thank you for calling and uh, having. And I guess it's an early birthday, but have a have a good uh, birthday when it comes around. Yeah, birthday season, I call it. Thanks a lot, Tom. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye-bye. And then we have um, – actually, we're going to take our first break, uh, so stick with us, and then we have, a, we have another caller uh, after this. is here to evolve now we must understand ourselves on all levels it's time to live more consciously release the past heal our emotions and develop solid boundaries going forward what's the bottom line we need to be present a living in the present tense astrology report by tom jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion pluto Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. 
the way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. My name is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and um, we have a caller on the line. Uh, Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you. Hi. You're welcome. Let me give uh, let me give everyone your birth data so they can follow along at home if they like. Okay. May 24th, 1969, 12.29 uh, a.m. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Again, that's May 24th, 1969, 12.29 a.m., Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So what's your question today? I guess I'm thinking about doing a, um, a huge career change from, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure exactly what it will be, but this is, I'm thinking about, and, and actually going to do move away from my kids who are, you know, almost 14 and 16, but, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, feel like I have to do this for me so that I can have more time with them and see more of who I am in this world. And, right. um, so I'm, I'm probably going to be moving about, the anywhere from one and a half to three hours away from where I'm at now and just do a huge shift and uh, I'm wondering um, I really have no idea what it's just this feeling I'm right. feeling very inspired to do this it's almost like mm-hmm. a knowing that, that I have to do this mm-hmm. um, it's going to be expansive for me in many ways I just don't know what type of job I'm, I'm, okay. I've been looking at different ones and, and just nothing seems to resonate so I didn't know yes. what <laughs> Well, the, the, the bad news is the good news, and so I'll give it to you all at once. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, a, it's, this is a, a Neptune conspiracy in your life. So, first of all, you have Neptune in the 10th house, it's Scorpio and it's retrograde. So, so your place in the world should be a little bit Neptunian in some way. You know, that's just kind of how we look at the 10th house, like what your public face is. Um, but then also your north node is in Pisces in the second house, the house of self-worth and, and self-reliance. So basically your north node in Pisces says that it, it's, it might be in this life challenging for you to grow into that space of not knowing, that kind of being guided, that internal nudge to do something original or, or, or unknown, you know, stepping into the unknown. But then also uh, transiting Neptune is opposing your moon while it squares your sun. So this is like you're having the, uh, you know, a Neptune buffet kind of. All, all, all roads are leading to Neptune. And the transiting north node is on your Neptune. So it's kind of like this feeling of you need to do it. So in your north nodes in Pisces and transiting Neptune, or sorry, transiting north node is on your Neptune in the 10th. So what kind of thing it is has not yet been determined by you, your guides, the universe, uh, your soul. This is an exercise. I mean, something will happen, right? But you're being asked to have an intention that could be qualitative, right? Different quality of life, more time, whatever. Uh, you, you know, but then you know, use your skills, you know, that kind of thing. Express your uniqueness with Chiron in the second on the North Node. But um, you, you, you're not yet supposed to know exactly what it looks like. You're supposed to follow this guidance. That's what's happening. You're being nudged by by guidance, whether in the form of 
you know, your gut feeling, your, your dreams, your, you know, you're seeing the same billboard constantly or whatever. You're overhearing conversations with certain themes. You're being nudged by the universe and your guides to expand into something you don't know what it is yet. And because your south is in Virgo with, you know, Pluto, Jupiter, Uranus there, that is not always, that's not going to be the most comfortable thing for you, but this is evolution. So what is it? I don't know. Nobody knows. You don't know. But you ha- you get to say, here's the quality of life I'm prepared to create for myself. Here's the quality of experience. And I'll just tell you, Virgo, South Node people and Pluto people, you know, Pluto Virgo people, tend to have a little bit of a controlling mind. And that's a great skill, you know, an analytical mind. Uh, but you're being asked to let it, you know, like we were talking with Wendy, let the, let the left brain kind of take a break a little bit and be guided by that Neptunian, that Neptunian call. So sorry, I couldn't answer the, the question as you asked it, but that's what's happening. Oh, that's cool to know, though. That's really, I, mean, yeah. I don't really know much about astrology. You said all these Pluto and Uranus and this and that. Oh, and like, yeah. I don't understand, but you explain. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, totally I can. It's like the Pluto and Virgo says that you're, you get, you are, you are, you find confidence, the deepest kind of strength and confidence in a bunch of lives through being Virgo, which is analytical, discerning, discriminating, and it's a bit mental as well as service oriented. So people with an emphasis on Virgo tend to, uh, be hands on people who don't always trust a lot, trust the universe, because they might you might be trained over many lives. You might have an idea that you're supposed to do. The only things that happen that are good are because, you know, your fingers are worked to the bone, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of active way of creating the world through, like, hands-on work. But you're being asked to trust that the universe is your partner. You know, life is your co-creator. So set an intention – you know, you know, I'm talking about like when you say like a quality of life thing. Oh uh, yeah, I what, did that. Um, yeah. The other day, this is what I wish to create, or, or this is perfect. Better. Perfect. Um, oh, I'm perfect. That more that I apply for things, it's not necessarily. I don't feel like it's going to be something that requires a certification, a certain. Right. I'm looking for something that that realizes my that that is able to take my skills in without being certified in this and that. Yes. To bring it uh, forward in a very passionate way to help the company Great. but also myself and, and others perfect so so your job at this point is to maintain that intention that you set and revisit it basically a divine command you're saying this is what i'm creating now your job is to maintain that keep that you know and then understand that what comes to you you know what's what uh, what you know, generates itself around you and surrounds you. What what's magnetized to you? Opportunities, relationships, even roadblocks. You know, or things that seem like they won't work or something. All these things actually will help you get to where you just said, "I'm going." Uh, but it might look like there are blocks. Understand that those blocks would be showing you blocks internally. You may have a belief that may hold you back, an idea of yourself or your possibilities, your potential that might actually keep you limited. So. You know, like for example, you say, I want the wonderful thing, and then this brick wall comes up to you. Interpret that brick wall not to be this can't happen or it's not possible. Interpret that brick wall as the universe is showing me something I need to work through, some resistance, some frustration, fear, 
memory of something that looks like a failure or a mistake and move ahead. So, I mean, as I talk, as I'm listening to you, I hear that Neptunian thing really strong. So that's great. That's really good. But I'm just telling you, if there are roadblocks that come up, if there seem to be speed bumps and things like that, thank the universe for giving you something that's going to show you what you need to work through process and release in order to get to that next step. And okay, I appreciate right. that. And I would ask you a timeline, but I really don't think, well, I shouldn't say don't think, you know, it's up to me. I think it's up to me as to how much yes. I want to resist these blocks that come up and how much I want to let go. And I have definitely been focusing on letting go of the things that do come right. up. And it's really Perfect. self-awareness, awesome thing. Maybe go it, it, it first, but I'm grateful for them. Yeah, good, good for you. And, and, and also I'll just give you this imparting to, to be, uh, uh, continually be grateful for the opportunity and to be kind to yourself and understand that everything that happens next, once you've, uh, set this intention and you're moving in that direction, everything that happens is the universe saying, you know what, we're going to help you be kinder to yourself, be more compassionate. Because I'll tell you, Sharon, the, the currency of power in the universe is love, mm-hmm. strength, comes from love, true strength, not material world strength of, you know, I have a car and a house and I'm safe, but real spiritual strength comes from love. And, and that is one of your big invitations with that, with that, that Neptune ruled North node in the house of self-esteem is just, so always be gentle with yourself as well and, and temper any critical faculties that might be highly developed in you and, and keep on. It sounds like you're doing fine. It sounds like you're doing great with it. And, but, but the, the thing about the Neptune process is it's unknown. Yeah. It's it's not known. So that's, I mean, you know, I was talking today, the show is kind of an extension of the living in Neptunian life. And that's a great point, you know, that, that, that your story or, you know, your chart kind of brings up your transits because we don't know what's going to happen. But are you willing to kind of uh, step into the space that a vision creates? You know, you take, are you willing to take 10 steps forward to inhabit a space of vision? And you are, you're embracing it. So that's, that's good for you. Great. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate that. Great. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, and good luck. (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much, and happy New Year. You're welcome. You too. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Each of those two callers are having kind of a Neptune thing. Like obviously, I had the time or the uh, place wrong on the solar return chart for Wendy, but the uh, the Sun conjunct Neptune in the solar return, the Sun in Aquarius uh, conjunct Neptune in Pisces, and then Sharon's question where she's having this, you know, uh, Neptunian trifecta, you know, this kind of smorgasbord. I don't think buffet is appropriate. It's like all the possible things uh, regarding Neptunian opportunity are are, are, are colluding. Right now for her, as I told her, it's a Neptunian conspiracy uh, to get her to step into and trust something. So we're going to take our second break now and uh, stay, stay with me on the soul's journey. I'm Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. The 
way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. 2012 is here. To evolve now, we must understand ourselves on all levels. It's time to live more consciously, release the past, heal our emotions, and develop solid boundaries going forward. What's the bottom line? We need to be present. A Living in the Present Tense Astrology Report by Tom Jacobs explores four points in your birth chart to help you upgrade your experience of energy and emotion. Pluto, Chiron, Lilith, and the asteroid Lucifer as Lightbringer are explained to help you heal and experience your multidimensional self. Readers call this report amazing, beautifully written, right on the mark. Join others living in the present tense today. Order your report through tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. My name is Tom Jacobs, uh, your host and producer and impresario of the program. And uh, I'm from tdjacobs.com. I'm from tdjacobs.com. That's where I live. Uh, and uh, today we're talking about living the Neptunian life, but also taking um, caller questions. And we do have uh, one, uh, our last caller for the day, Denise, on the line. Let me give you her birth date before we welcome her. February 20th, 1966, in Brooklyn, New York at 6 p.m. Again, that's February 20th, 1966, in Brooklyn at 6 p.m. Uh, Denise, are you there? Yes, I am, Tom. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so so what's your question today? My question is, um, I have a feeling like 2013 is going to be a very pivotal year for me, um, mm-hmm. career-wise and relationship-wise. So I just yeah. wanted to see if you could give me any guidance on yeah. what you saw in my chart, if you saw anything there. Totally, yeah. Well, first first thing to say is, uh, I mean, there's some transits that are important, but first thing to say is natally, you know, you have this um, traffic jam in your seventh house, which which is um, it's wonderful for for learning about relationships. You know, so relationships play a very important uh, role in your life, of course, because of this. Uh, we have um, let's just kind of look at this. We have Moon and Pallas right on the descendant. Then we have Mercury, Mars, Saturn, Chiron, and Juno. So we have this whole like traffic jam in there. So uh, the relationship thing for you um, is also all this stuff is posing a, a Pluto in the first house. So karmically in many lives for you there's a there's a push and pull between independence versus togetherness that's just major theme that you're learning about in general so regarding relationships i would um uh you know invite you to actually you know what i'm being guided to look at this progressed moon so in the context of the pull between first house seventh house you know that that self and other you know and needing to be independent with Pluto in the first but also needing to be be connected um, the progressed moon coming to the IC right now, the nadir at the bottom of the chart, has you going inward. So the, one of the answers is about, you know, why do you have relationships? What is it that you truly need? What is safety? What is security? You know, this is going to call up for you family stuff, the past. Uh, progressed moon hitting the IC always makes us 
uh, recall family things and kind of relive some memories. So people you meet right now might actually give, be wonderful um, um, uh, learning or teachers, right, for the learning opportunity to uh, clean up some family history if, if that some certain corners or certain uh, closets haven't been really gone through with that. Um, and then also transiting Jupiter from the other side of the chart, from the top of the chart. And this is going to answer some questions about career and relationship in different ways. The relationship side of this Jupiter is it's squaring all this Pisces stuff. So Jupiter wants you to open to opportunity, but you must drop the thing. So Jupiter might be have this wrapped gift and say, oh, don't you want to take this wonderful thing? And if you're standing there holding a bucket of rocks, you can't take the gift. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, okay. So, so with the first house, seventh house stuff for you activated, responsibility to self versus obligation to other, you know, look at how your relationships over time have been shaped by, um, you know, anytime you may have held yourself back from being truly independent and having relationships in which space is an important, uh, you know, granted thing to each person like each person has space and each person is is self yeah self-responsible that's one of the things here the Pluto and the Virgo in the first few says that it's it's important for you to be your own person to make your own noise do your own thing be of service in the way that works best for you but the opposition to the seventh house stuff says that you get sometimes you'll get trapped into serving others because they can't take care of themselves you know what I'm talking about yes okay so your job now is to say I have to do what I have to do, and I'm available to have partnerships in which other people are also self-responsible and aware and are not, A, people who are not throwing stuff on me, right? Uh, will you be my mommy? Will you help hold my hand while I try to while I cry about my daddy? Like, I'm not making fun of people, but we do that. So your job is to evaluate these people who may come to you and say, is this person capable of growing up in the next two or three months? Is this person capable of taking responsibility for that? You know, because you can actually be a teacher for somebody who appears as not responsible or not mature in a way. And so in one way, you can have fully functional adults who are still processing the Chiron wounding from kid, you know, being a kid. So, you know, your job is to evaluate, is this person going to take responsibility and uh, for him or herself in order to be the right kind of partner to create something with? That's your job right now with that. So uh, the Jupiter opportunity says that you have to let go of past patterns that don't work. So mm-hmm. that's that's the idea with the relationships. Is all that all that makes sense to you? Yes, it's, it's incredible. I was writing as you were speaking. Okay. Was, well, you can also get this recording so. too. Yeah, you can also get the recording. You know, you can go oh, to okay, uh, T.D. Jacobs. Yeah, or you can subscribe to the podcast or go to tdjacobs.com forward slash soul that HTML. You can you can you can hear that. Um, but the Jupiter thing is always expansion. But you have to let go of something. And for you, one of the things to let go of is the um, trap of. Uh, how do you say this? It's like um, I get the ping pong image. Ping pong. It's going back and forth. And you can't see that to the right there's a wonderful mug of hot chocolate because you're like ping-ponging. And Jupiter's like, have some hot chocolate and relax. So it's like (laughs) evaluate the person you're playing ping-pong with. Is this person going to be able to step up to be an equal? And that is like, you know, that's a a huge thing for that. With the career thing, Jupiter in the 10th in general, change happening through, you know, change happening, uh, upgrading something. Natally, Jupiter's in Gemini in the 10th. So you're about to have, uh, within a year, you'll have a Jupiter return, which is this idea of opportunity and expansion, you know? But again, if you're holding a bag of rocks, you, you can't take the opportunity. 
Jupiter right now is retrograding close to the midheaven. And so retrograde Jupiter says, rethink something. You know, reconsider what you think expansion should look like. And this is a time for career of evaluating, rechecking things, rethinking things. Um, and so that's kind of what your job is with that. And um, also, I want to acknowledge that your north node, while it's in the ninth house in uh, in uh, late Taurus, it is conjunct the midheaven. So midheaven, tenth house stuff, is in some ways uh, has not been covered in your karmic journey very thoroughly. So you've been defined a lot by third house, fourth house stuff. And uh, that's that's a learning, teaching mind, but also home and private stuff. So what do you think is possible? You're going to ask yourself this in the next few weeks and months. What do I think is possible? And take a survey of the peanut gallery and then look at which which ideas are limiting and which are exciting. Great. And this, yeah, Jupiter retro time now is this uh, – time for reviewing what does and doesn't work and what you do believe and don't believe. And, and then by the time it gets to your Jupiter return, if you give yourself permission to have faith and confidence that you can create something better than you've ever known before, then you open yourself up for a Jupiterian opportunity. I think like when I tell people stuff like this, it sounds like I'm like trying to blow smoke, you know, in certain places. And it's not what it is. It's like, <laughs> But being open to opportunity is how opportunity comes to us. So you have to survey the peanut gallery and help heal parts that don't believe wonderful things are possible. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. One last comment. Sorry, I'm very verbose. One last comment. Oh, please. I love it. Keep going. (laughs) During this whole process, uh, Jupiter is squaring the first house, Pluto Uranus. And like right now it's kind of out of orb, but it's going to swing back there very quickly. So, you know, Pluto in the first says, I need to be a leader. Pluto in Virgo says, I need to be of service. Pluto conjunct Uranus says, but I need to be free and inspire others to free themselves through that service. But they're both retrograde. So it says, I kind of have to invent my own freedom and leadership wheels. So the Jupiter in the 10th says, maybe opportunities also right now are challenging your ideas of what you should be like. What service should you offer? Maybe the service, you know, like I have this thing with creative writing. I don't always do it because I'm wrapped up in what you're hearing tonight. Uh, It's very obvious that what I'm doing with you is service. It's not always obvious that laughter is healing, but I write satire. And so it's kind of like, well, what is what does service look like? You're also going to be challenged to look at that and your idea of your role and what you're responsible for in life. And because you have this heavy service thing and, and the oppositions to the Pisces stuff and the seventh from the Pluto can be getting lost in the bottomless pit of other people's suffering. So view all view yourself and others as divine beings fumbling sometimes ignorantly through the dark to learn what it means to be human, but evaluate all the stuff about opportunity and, and what, um, how big you get to be, how joyful do you get to be all that kind of stuff. Wow. Can I yeah. just tell you something? The, the yeah. career change that, that yeah. is happening this year is nursing. So everything that you just said in terms of having to be a leader and having to oh. kind of stand back and having to be in service to others and getting bogged down by other people's yes. suffering and needs is completely on point. It's it, meaning that you're coming from, like nursing is what you're doing now. And, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing a, like a midlife uh-huh. career change is something that I've yeah. always been called for to you. do. And so that's going to happen this year. But there's so many possibilities in it. So it all makes sense right. in terms of what is your role and what does it 
what does it look right. like? You know, I'll what just does healing tell you something. Food for food for thought or thought or thought thought or whatever. There's also you know this setup karmically says that you can show up as somebody who has the skills and education and who got a good night's sleep, right? Pluto and Virgo in the first, but then you will encounter the suffering of others, and so there's going to be some at least one life for you where you are unavoid like right now it's a job it's avoidable but since some life unavoidably surrounded by suffering mm-hmm. and who am i if i don't help these people and so that's a that that's like i say look at yourself as a divine being look at all other people as divine beings sometimes it's difficult to watch sometimes creating suffering for themselves as a vehicle for learning so let yourself off the hook and i think you'll be able to free yourself into the 10th house great yeah thanks for calling Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate all your help. It's wonderful. You're welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take care. Thank you. And so we're going to finish out the program uh, with the second uh, Neptunian experience uh, that was that was on my on my agenda to talk about. Um, and this happened actually last week. So I talked about this experience with the movie in the first part, where you know this crazy experience of and a ball of energy that had to come exploding out of me, such that I couldn't even control the volume of my voice. Very different kind of experience 13 or 14 years later. It was last week. And um, I found myself uh, – I did a, a talk for the Tucson Astrologers Guild on 2012, uh, on December 14th. And you can get the recording uh, through my through my site, tdjacobs.com. And in it, I mentioned as an example of, of uh, Pluto fears and then empowerment. I went throughout all the houses. And when I got to the 12th house, which is where my Pluto is, I said, I said to them, um, you know, part of me has a fear about losing my mind. And so, of course, that can create uh, people who are uh, con- control freaky about mind. Well, Pluto in the 12th says my empowerment journey is to surrender and to flow with life and not control everything or perhaps control nothing. So I said to them, you know, yeah, this part, there's a part of me that has a fear about losing my mind. So as I channel and I do mediumship, I willingly surrender my mind temporarily. And I use that as a teaching example. And as I said that, I thought, wow, that's it. like the part of me who was watching me give the talk. <laughs> <laughs> said, uh, oh, that, that's kind of interesting. And then, and I didn't think about that, but then, um, you know, I did have some dreams that were kind of challenging as far as, um, uh, the, the idea of losing, losing one's mind and, and, uh, and this unfolded. But then, um, I, the other night I was brushing my teeth and, um, I had a fully dissociative experience for about four seconds. And it's not uncommon for me to kind of, uh, either parts of me leave and then come back or part, or, or something comes in. It's not foreign beings that are weird. It's like past life parts and soul fragments that check in with me. And suddenly I'm observing what I think my life is from somebody else's eyes, but I'm also here. This is just part of the Neptunian deal for me. Uh, the Pluto, Venus, and the 12th are actually sextile Mercury, Neptune, Moon in the second and third. So there's a there's a thing that, um, you know, a stimulation thing that happens between them. The Neptune embodies in the 12th, and so there's a kind of ne- Neptune uh, rapid-fire kind of um, smorgasbord effect. So um, I uh, came back for a moment, you know, finishing brushing my teeth and thought, well, you know, there's one of those things. But I'm grounded. I have cords into the earth. That's one of the things I wanted to, to make sure I mentioned. And then um, what ended up happening was uh, this part kind of rushed back in, and I – I, I was like getting ready for bed. I went into the bedroom and, and I was completely freaked out. And I talked to my girlfriend and I, I, I was afraid to look at her because I didn't know who she was, but I completely knew who she was. And it was a, so it was a half dissociative experience. It would have been completely dissociative, a, a, a la the feeling of 
losing your mind. But I was grounded and aware, and I have a sense of centeredness and presence that allows me to observe things like that when they happen and to come back, but also, I mean, to stay here and then to come back to center. So for, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes, it was surreal. And I felt, you know, even just her holding my hand, my hand felt weird. I looked at it. It looked huge. It looked fantastically giant. So I ended up um, through kind of interpreting those things and, and, and analyzing the feelings over the next, um, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. I was able to get the story of this past life part. And, and it's a woman. And her hands are much smaller, slender. They don't, she doesn't have these uh, square farmer farmer hands kind of thing. Like you know, like in palmistry, they say like uh, worker hands or farmer hands. And I do have kind of broad, thick hands. Um, and so the whole physical experience, adjusting to being in my body, was strange. And I just kept with it. And uh, my girlfriend, you know, obviously, literally and figuratively, held my hand. And and um, it was like I was having a bad drug trip, and she was just holding space for me. And it was just really kind of an interesting experience, and I contrast it with the experience of going to that movie uh, so long ago where this other thing happened, and I didn't have any context. I wasn't grounded. I wasn't in my body. I didn't know what was happening. And, um, you know, it was just kind of pre an era of life pre all of this interesting Neptunian transformation. And, you know, like I said, like I said earlier, not everybody's going to have intense, weird experiences, but if you start taking the breadcrumb trails and going down the little teeny rabbit holes, and uh, if you do that, things will get more interesting. You will have past life parts come back. And I encourage you to get grounded in order to stay sane. Get grounded. Clear your energy field out. Do all the things mentioned in the New Year's Guide to uh, for Energetic Beings article. And um, for anybody who wants to trust intuition and learn to work with this part of themselves more, I mean, I think a lot of people having that experience the other day would have felt checked out for days, confused, but I was grounded. I have developed over the last 10 years the ability to be grounded. So I'm teaching people how to do that. I want to teach you how to do that too. The Intuitive Skills Development Course, that's a primary tool that begins on uh, February 3rd and runs for eight Sundays. And um, it's going to be the first round of it. I'm going to do multiple rounds. Uh, progressively, this is the Intuitive Skills Course 1. So I'm going to do progressive rounds of it, and I encourage you to um, flock to tdjacobs.com and read the flyer about that. It's just a one-sheet, simple, with all the facts, working with your spirit guides during the course. Also with your astrology chart, though it's not an astrology class, I will use that to understand your journey and to use it to open up to, to view your past lives and what might block you from using and trusting intuition. Uh, my spirit guides, your spirit guides, and of course the Ascended Master Jehudi. And I'm kind of pulling out all the stops on this course because it will, I will be doing energy work. I will be and also Jehudi will be doing energy work on each caller to help you, uh, each student to ground uh, into the earth and to really clear out energies that might prevent you from grounding and, and really feeling clear. So um, this is just uh, an amazing time uh, to be alive and none of your past lives on earth, according to the earth timeline, have you seen quite as much the opportunity to develop your intuition, to open to guidance, to become conscious of being an energetic being traveling through this physical experience. You have never had the opportunity to be surrounded, either in person or through technological sources, other people who are answering the Neptune's call, you know, answering this call to become uh, energetic uh, beings conscious of it and to embrace what what is, you know, the way Jehudi talks about it, embracing your divine nature as a conscious being. 
creating your reality. So in other ways, this course, uh, the Intuitive Skills Development course, is about creating your reality in a more conscious way by cleaning up the past and learning how to be more present. And curveballs may come. You know, interesting experiences may come, but you can get grounded, clear out your field, and operate your life consciously. Thank you for joining me on this uh, on this interesting hour, and thanks for the callers, too, to call in. Happy New Year, if that's your thing. Check out A New Year's Guide for Energetic Beings at tdjacobs.com. And um, join me for the Jehudi call uh, for the Leo Full Moon on uh, January 26th. And you can read all about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. Thanks for joining me. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.